It is my belief that it is perhaps one of the most irresponsible things that we can do as an aging man, husband, father is not prioritize ourselves. If we are telling ourselves or telling other people that our family is the most important thing, that our marriage is the most important thing in our lives, yet we're not prioritizing ourselves, then we're doing ourselves and our family a disservice. Welcome to the show where we help you make smart nutrition simple. If you want proven nutrition strategies to help you build a better body and create the energy to show up for your family without overly restrictive and unrealistic dieting, then you're in the right place. Make sure to subscribe and enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Smart Nutrition Made Simple Show. I'm your host, as always, Ben Brown, owner of BSL Nutrition, a one-on-one virtual nutrition and fitness coaching company that helps you change your belief system around what it means to be healthy through our pure science proven results process. Today, instead of our regular podcast episode, I'm excited to share an interview I did recently on the Dad Edge podcast. During this conversation, Larry Hagner, the host, and I talk about why it's so important to invest in our health and why men need to give themselves permission to prioritize themselves in order to show up in a bigger and a better way for their family, for their business, for their community, and for their future. We also talk about why we need to take an individualized approach to exercise and nutrition and figure out the various strategies, techniques, routines, and protocols that work best for us, as well as the importance of setting a powerful example for our children. I had such a great time being on this show, and I hope that you find as much value in our conversation as I did. So without further ado, Here's my interview on the Dad Edge podcast. Ben, what's going on, man? Welcome. I feel like this is uh, this is serendipitous. It's meant to be. I'm glad you're here. <laughs> I'm glad to be here, man. Thank you for having me. Oh, man. So not only uh, are you a client of our accelerator program, good friend, but also uh, near and dear to my heart, the, uh, the space that you're in is the health and nutrition space, which, uh, you know, just quite frankly... A lot of the guys in the audience, I mean, it's probably, if I look at all the shows we've done, I would say probably 20, 30% are based on this topic because it's, it's a really important topic is yeah. you know, the health of, of men in general. But um, I want to just level set here. How did you get started in this industry? Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's been a long, arduous journey, but it was really it's it's so interesting, Larry. I don't know about the other guests that you've had, but I, I imagine that the vast majority of the guys and gals perhaps that you've had in fitness and nutrition space have gotten into the industry by virtue of really having to figure out their own issues right. and having their own battles, right? And And that really was kind of what my path was in terms of um, one of the biggest struggles I had when I was growing up is I had a lot of um, GI issues. I had a lot of stomach issues in high school and I played sports. Um, I, you know, I played football. I tore my ACL my junior year of high school, and kind of was really fascinated by the the whole rehab process and the athletic training. And kind of was like, maybe I should go to to college for athletic training. But throughout this this entire time, throughout high school, I went to college and, and studied physical education, and I, I actually played rugby for University of Arizona, um, and it was always into health and fitness, but I had to, was, was perpetually studying nutrition by virtue of trying to figure out what the heck was going on with me. And, 
you know, when I was in high school, I had uh, sort of this constant influx of acid indigestion, I'd throw up all the time after meals, um, IBS type symptoms, just really unpleasant stuff that frankly, I didn't really know that it was abnormal. I mean, obviously it was unpleasant, but my, my mom had a terrible, you know, terrible digestion and we'd go out as a family to big meals. And sure enough, in the middle of the night, like, you know, both of us would be up puking or, you know, on the toilet. And, and, and so it was, it was really, for me, it was just something that was sort of like this, it is what it is yet. I'd go to the doctor, they would give me whatever the latest antacid medication I was on the Zantac and the Pepsid. And, and I, you know, at one point I got an endoscopy and they, you know, send the video camera down your throat to get a video of your stomach and see what's going on. And sure enough, you know, they, they really couldn't diagnose anything. And so it was up to me to kind of try and figure out what was happening. And over years and years, I, I started to you know, figure out like what, what I could eat, what I couldn't eat, and, and, and trying to navigate my way through that realm of, of you know, um, digestive distress to the degree that as I continued to study um, so I went to U of A undergrad for physical education, played rugby. I went to U, uh, ASU, Arizona State University for grad school in exercise and wellness and got a master's degree in exercise and wellness. I was working with professional athletes and, and collegiate athletes. And we were, we put together this great sport performance program, uh, at ASU. Um, and you know, my whole thing was how do I continue to learn the tools that I need to not only be successful with with my clientele, but ultimately like underline everything, Larry was, how do I heal myself? How do I find out more about nutrition so that ultimately I can I can heal whatever it is that's going on. And so long story long, um, it was it was after grad school that I was really just continuing education, studying with practitioners all over the world, uh, Paul Check, Charles Poliquin, um, you know, you name it. And I started studying with a functional medicine practitioner. This was in 2007 out of San Francisco named Dr. Dan Kalish. And by virtue of really starting to dig into functional diagnostic nutrition, functional medicine, we identified the root of kind of what was happening digestively with me I had this nasty bacterial infection called H. pylori. It had contributed to just a myriad of degradation uh, with the, the gut lining. That's what we call the mucosal barrier. And through learning all of that, I was able to kind of slowly and progressively put the pieces back together to, to initially formulate sort of my nutrition coaching methodology because it worked for me, how to help other people in similar situations get better. And it, and that was really kind of the trajectory of, you know, now 15 some years later, why I am where I am, why I do what I do on different levels. And um, yeah, that's uh, kind of in a nutshell, you know, why I'm here. Wow. So, I mean, you basically went on a quest to really understand what your own ailments were. You know, <clears throat> what I have found doing this show and this this movement is that a lot of guests who have come on what they're really what they've really done is they they're they're now a they're they're a wounded healer 
you know, they, they literally have, they're coaching other people. They're helping other people. They've come up with a product, with a service or with something that is in alignment with solving the problem that, um, that they, that they faced in the past themselves. So, um, how prevalent are some of these issues have you found with, with people and overgrowth of gut bacteria and all kinds of other things? It's super prevalent. I mean, to be fair, like this is something that we don't overtly test for or treat or diagnose in our coaching practice. Like we have a beautiful network of, of health practitioners, of naturopathic doctors, of medical doctors that, that, that do all of that stuff that we refer out to, but it's very, very prevalent. But what we really focus on is sort of much more of the foundational uh, elements of overall health and and generalized nutrition and behavior change and all of those types of things. But it's it's so interesting because it's really one of those fields that's advanced so much in terms of you know fields when we talk about like functional medicine or or diagnostic functional diagnostic nutrition or whatever you want to call it. It doesn't matter. But understanding that there's much more at play than just these generalized allopathic diagnoses around you have acid and acid reflux, right? Like it's there for a reason. Your body's reacting for a reason. And so when we continue to titrate down, we observe and understand, well, there's something that is part of our lifestyle, whether it's our stress or our nutrition or our relationship with food or our emotional well-being that has contributed to creating the environment from which these diseases become prevalent, right? And therefore, I think helping people acknowledge that there's something that's going on in their lives that is out of balance to the degree that if not addressed, it's only going to perpetuate the symptoms from which, right, that's where we get diagnosed as high blood pressure, um, you know, high cholesterol, sleep apnea, uh, you know, metabolic dysregulation, uh, blood glucose dysregulation. So diabetes, all of the things that men and and women are experiencing as they age in our day to day culture. Wow. Do you think it's all the processed foods, like everything that we're eating that, you know, seems quote unquote the norm, but it's not really the norm for our bodies and how we've evolved? Well, listen, man, I mean, anyone who, who, who doesn't think that the processed food is, is, um, contributing to some of these disease states, I think is deceiving themselves. And it, I, listen, I, I think it's pretty obvious that, you know, just think back, right? Like a hundred years ago, have you seen, um, any of those Yellowstone shows, like the precursor to Yellowstone, like 1923 or 1887 or any of those shows? I haven't. I think I live under a rock from time to time. Like, No, it's okay. I, I've only watched a few. But what I, what I liked about watching those was just 100 years ago or just 150 years ago, things were so terribly different with the state of our nutrition, our physical activity, our environment. And, and so I think what people need to understand is in the scope of human evolution, this is like a flash in the pan of, of what we are exposed to now 
relative to our just our grandparents or our great grandparents and and when we can acknowledge that we need to understand okay it's listen I don't think that anything is inherently bad for us, right? I, I think it's a beautiful thing what we've been able to do with modern agriculture and food processing and, um, you know, to some degree, genetic food modification to so that we can feed more people, so that we can provide more calories, but therein, it's problematic. And so I think the way that we treat food, the way that we, 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 we consume um, is problematic. Uh, does that make sense? Yeah, it makes, it makes total sense. I mean, we're, my wife and I were just talking about this not too long ago that, you know, it's, it's interesting. We, we see, you know, some people living into their eighties and nineties and you look at them on paper and you're like, man, like, you know, how, and then you see people in their forties who are getting, yeah. killed, you know, and it's like, man, like what, and then of course there's all these documentaries on how we process food and, mm-hmm. you know, like what's in, you know, the, 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 the meat, some of the meat that we eat and stuff like that. And it's just, it's, it's pretty freaky stuff, but, um, I'm, I'm personally not surprised you and I are kind of, we're, we're cut from the same cloth as far as our education, my mm-hmm. undergrad education, your master's degree, it's all very, very similar stuff. And, it's not necessarily common knowledge. I don't think, you know, I don't think I know that for a fact that it's not necessarily common knowledge. I will say that in this day and age that there's more, there's more resources and information at our fingertips than ever before, which is one of the reasons I really want to have you on is because it isn't, it isn't a one size fits all out there. And right now I think one of the beautiful things about the health and fitness industry is there's so much information out there. One of the things that I think is super confusing about the health and fitness um, realm is that there's so much information available. So it's like this double-edged sword. You know, if I could share a quick story, because I love this topic that we're going to talk about, which is breaking through the minutia of, you know, you've got, we have so many things out there. I remember, I remember the zone diet, like back in the day, right? Yeah. There's Weight Watchers, there's counting your macros, there's there's paleo, there's keto, there's fasting, there's all these things. You know, and I I have my education in this stuff as well. And the interesting thing about you know all these different mechanisms, I think I've tried every I I very rarely call it a diet, but um the the way I go about eating, right? And my health optimization through nutrition. And I've worked with several coaches and, you know, I, I've always, I've never had the best results with like, you know, if you look at me on paper, like what I should be eating and when I should be eating, like, is like, you should be eating, like I had one coach and you should be eating every three hours and it needs to fit in these macros. You got to hit these calories. You got to hit this. And what I would find is, is when I would do that for me personally, just me personally, and I saw it work for a gazillion other people just fine, perfectly, right? Is that if I would stay within this calories, this amount of protein, carbs, and fat, and all this, like I was never getting the results that I wanted. I was like, what is going on? Like, is this just weird? Like, why is my body not responding? I've tried keto. I've tried paleo. I've tried all these things. It wasn't actually until I did intermittent fasting. And the funny thing about it is, is my assistant who works for me, she's 
she's a my full-time employee, but she also has just a handful of fitness clients that she helps on the side. Well, she actually helped me for about a year. And we did all this stuff, you know, counting my macros and my calories were like 2,600 and all this other stuff. And I was just gaining weight, gaining weight, gaining weight. And I was like, and she was even like, man, I, I don't, I don't know. Like, this is where you should be, you know? And I saw so many of her clients just crush these goals, like, and just do so well on her program. But I wasn't. And it wasn't until I found fasting and I, and I would even look at this. I remember before starting fasting and I'm like, this is not going to work. This is just not going to work. Like on paper and everything I know about nutrition, this, this isn't going to work. And it's been the one thing that has worked and it's worked over a sustained long period of time. And it fits perfectly for me, for where I'm at in life, for my productivity, clarity of thought, everything that I need is perfect. But on paper, it seemed like the least amount of thing that would work. Right. But I think there's a ton of people that have great results doing traditional things. Then there's people who have great results on keep, but it's so confusing, man. Like, mm. and I, I think of the average person out there and the busy dad, right. That's like, they don't have like the level of knowledge and nutrition and fitness that say we do, cause we have an undergrad in it. So for them, it's like, Holy crap. Like what, what do I do? Where do I start? Totally. So what is the answer to that, do you think? Yeah, man, that's that's a great question. And and for clarity, um, I even went back to school. So I got my first master's in exercise and wellness, and I went back to school for a second master's in clinical nutrition um, when we after we had our first kid um, and to, to continue the studying, right? To continue, it's like now I learned all this stuff about myself and what I encountered. And I'll get to the question here because I think this is relevant to Infuse is I learned one way. I learned a way to get me healthy. I learned that, you know, for me, because of my gut health issues, like I had to get rid of gluten, I had to get rid of dairy, I had to start to implement all of the supplementation, and I had to kind of go through this very restrictive process that, you know, miraculously like healed me over months and months. And, and I felt amazing and, and, you know, just started to perform so much better and think so much clearer and function so much better. So that for me, at that point in my life, that was the thing, right? That was like, okay, like I figured it out because this worked for me. This clearly is the thing that's going to work for everyone. And so I adopted this dietary dogma, Larry, that became really my um, panacea, right? That, that therefore every single client that I was working with became Okay, this first session, and to be fair, I was relatively new, you know, nutrition coach, relatively new kind of fitness coach, right? To the degree that every single client I worked with became, okay, like you're ready to get started. So here's what we're going to do. You're going to get rid of gluten. You're going to get rid of dairy. You're going to only eat whole foods. <laughs> we're going to be eating paleo-based, right? And you're going to eat six times a day and blah, 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 blah. And you can imagine, now here I am sitting as a 25-year-old kid with no responsibilities, right? Can train as much as I want. Um, I'm, imagine talking to someone like you or imagine talking to one of the guys in your, in your audience with a couple kids at home, a busy job, frenetic lifestyle, tons of responsibilities, sitting down with a kid who tells you all of these things. You're like, how long are you going to make it on that type of diet? You're not going to make it very long. And right. that's what I observed is, is I just couldn't figure out why clients weren't coming back, right? 
And so by virtue of that process, and not only was it straining on my clients, it was it became very straining on me and my relationships because I started to develop almost these orthorexic type tendencies whereby I would eat super clean, quote unquote clean, right during the week. And I would be really quote unquote good. And I would I, I would avoid gluten and I'd be eating all of the right things. And then the weekend come and it would be alcohol and pizza and burgers and debauchery. And I was just walking this tightrope of of this absolute shameful sort of existence of I'm being the person I'm quote unquote supposed to be during the week. And then I'm I'm absolutely um going against the ideals and principles of what I'm trying to uphold on the weekends. And this was, you know, a couple of years of experiencing this um to the point where I realized what I was doing, what was happening, you know, the relationship with my wife. We had a one-year-old daughter, um, me just trying to like be way too strict about what she was eating, what she wasn't eating. I was like, this is not this is not right. There has to be a better way to do this. And that's when I went back to school um, for, for clinical nutrition to just be like, listen, I've always been one to be rooted in academia. Let me just find out like more information about what is in the research, what you know empirically works, and how I can get a much broader picture of how to help people and myself, of course, move the needle. And so coming back to your question, what I've validated through now, throughout the years, um, right now, let's see where, where, I mean, almost 10 years later of, of, of enrolling in graduate school, a little more than that. And, and we've realized there is no one right way. There's the way that works best for you. And like you said, is there's so much confusing and contradictory information that what people need to acknowledge, what men need to identify with and acknowledge is simply that they need to get started and they need to find the way that works best for them. However, the way, right, doesn't have to be overly restrictive, overly difficult. The fact that you found intermittent fasting and it works for you and your existing lifestyle and your preferences and your timeline is beautiful, right? But you also have years of dieting experience under your belt. You sure. also know how to build out your meals and your portion sizes, and you know how to get enough protein, and you know probably to some degree how to manage your hunger, and you have these foundational behavioral uh, principles at play. But for so many of us, right, we don't know the first thing about how to cook or prepare food or even to think about planning or preparing. And so what I'll say is that we've got to start with the basics and the basics are different for every single person but there are some foundational principles at place you know in play that are consistent with every single person right i think you would agree it's like listen we need to find ways to manage our calorie intake now how many different ways can we do that larry well name any diet right that's what diets do is they invariably like what's beautiful about intermittent fasting. Well, it so it gives me a tight window of time to eat. 
right? Number one. Uh, and then, I mean, quite frankly, I mean, probably it, 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 it totally, it puts boundaries in, in a, in a very tight container amount around the Correct. amount of calories that I'm going to take in that day. Correct. Like I can only eat so much in one setting. Correct. Versus like eat for a long duration of 12 hours throughout the day. hundred percent. And yeah. so for someone who has very difficult time managing their calorie intake, especially after 8 PM or because of their work schedule or because they just don't know how to eat a healthy breakfast and therefore are relegated to pastries and, you know, milkshakes for breakfast, right? With your frappuccinos. It's like, hey, if you just skip that stuff and eat between 12 and 8, well, that invariably is going to help you create a tighter calorie window, like you said, and probably eliminate a lot of ancillary calories. Or you can go keto, right? What's keto doing? It's removing carbohydrate. Well, that's going to be a lot of calories for someone. Or we can, um, right, we, we, whatever, whatever the the dieting methodology is Weight Watchers. You talked about zone of managing your portion sizes or blocks of food or counting calories. It's all the same at the end of the day. But what's important is that the individual develops the tools and the skills and the awareness around what it is that they're actually consuming. So that in, in on my opinion, and, and this is the way that we help individuals develop uh, the skills around their eating behaviors is because we all need autonomy. We need ownership, responsibility, and autonomy over this process. And that's what's cool about that is because then you have the freedom to choose whatever the heck it is that you want because right. you understand the repercussions of those decisions. Now, if you decide that generally you are someone who is perfectly fine skipping breakfast and you want to eat between 12 and 8 or whatever your fasting hours is, then that's awesome. Own that. But don't pretend for a moment, and I'm not saying this is you, but don't in, gen in generality, don't pretend for a moment saying that intermittent fasting is the only way that someone's going to be able to oh, yeah. lose weight or keto or carnivore or vegan or whatever it is. There's all kinds of reasons and, and, and rules and, and what have you. So I think that's the most important thing is let's just understand that there's foundational principles at play. Any way that we can help people adopt those foundational principles and so for men looking to get started, say, well, what are you willing to actually do? What can you commit to, right? Can you commit to just eating three square meals and not snacking in between? Can you commit to eating more protein at each of those meals? Can you commit to stop eating after 8 p.m.? Can you commit to just starting drinking more water? Can you commit to just adding more vegetables into your meals? Can you commit to just eating at home more and eating out less? Like, Dude, so many ways we can go with this. That's so true. And I think it's it's very overwhelming for I, I would say and dads in general, because you know I'll, I'll put it like this, you know, being a dad, you I think it's really important to show your kids, you know, balance in foods, right? I don't necessarily think that there is a bad food, good food. Oh, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm, I'm pretty strict with that kind of stuff myself. Like there are certain things like I just, I, I will not touch. Right. Why? Well, well, so like, for instance, gluten is a, is okay. A, it, I mean that for me, like I'm Fair. a lot like you, like my digestion. Yeah. Right. So like we went to breakfast yesterday as a family and, 
And my my son was like, I was looking at his pancakes, and I'm like, I like, do those pancakes look good? He's like, have some. And I was like, no. He's like, come on, man, you're not gonna get fat over pancakes. I was like, it's not that actually. Yeah, yeah. dude. If I eat that, your old man is like gonna be in the mm-hmm. bathroom. Like, yep. so like just things like that. Like, gluten, I don't. I'm not a big fan of. I don't like, you know the additives of like the high fructose corn syrups, like the highly processed sugary stuff. So sure. like, and that's not doing anybody any favors. Um, I, I, I'd like to, it, you know, when it comes to my kids and if they're eating meat, I don't want them to necessarily have like the conventional meats just because sure. they like the steroids and the sure. antibiotics and all that stuff. So I wouldn't say it's like bad, good. I would say suboptimal, optimal, maybe like if I, yeah. but at the same time, like, so for instance, one of my kids' most favorite restaurants in the world is Mod Pizza. Like they love Mod Pizza. And then you know what? I love Mod Pizza. And you know, the cool thing about eating the way I eat and my nutrition and all that is like if I want to go out and have, you know, Mod Pizza because they have a cauliflower crust and yeah. they also have gluten-free crust, so I can go there. Like I can strike that balance and be like, yeah, I'm gonna have pizza with my kids. Or like, you know, we go to this one ice cream place. And I'm like you, man, dairy and gluten, it just crushes me. So like, we'll go to this ice cream place that's here locally, like literally right down the street from us. And it's great because the kids can get whatever they want. And then they've got a vegan ice cream, which is for me, if I'm trying to stay away from dairy, it's awesome because it's either coconut milk or almond milk that's Mm -hmm. made with it. It doesn't crush my stomach. But like just things like that to where as a busy father and you want to enjoy some of these fun, quote unquote, fun things with your kids. Like you can strike that balance. And I think for a lot of guys, and you would know this better than me because I'm not in this space, but they tend to be like, man, if I'm going to follow a program, that's going to just take all the fun out of my life. I'm not going to be able to drink another beer. I'm not going to be able to have another pizza. I'm not going to be able to go to McDonald's every now and again if I want to. Like this is going to suck. And I think going back to before when you and I, hit the record button. I said, man, I know where I want to start. We didn't start there, but that's okay. <laughs> it's it's really going into something like this with the right attitude. It's it's with the right perspective of health and nutrition. And I think for most guys, for most, not even men in general, most human beings, like it's this perspective of absolute deprivation. And it's, I will never be able to have fun anymore, that kind of thing. But that's not the approach that you take. Right. So t- tell us about that. You know, um, that's the deal, man, is is that in order, f- my opinion and my observations here, having done this for close to 20 years and helped hundreds, if not thousands of, of individuals, is that the only way that this is going to work for you long term is if you find the flexibility and freedom in your dietary practices that you need, that you want, that human psychology needs, because there's very few individuals that I've ever met that are able to willpower their way to success, white knuckle their way to success, say, I'm never going to have another beer again. I'm never going to have the pizza. I'm never going to eat the uh, quote unquote bad foods, which I think you and I can both agree, Larry, like there are no good or bad foods. And I I appreciate your perspective of looking at the quality 
of foods as being important because I would agree with you very much as, as we want to be eating, you know, quality raised, you know, animal proteins and perhaps organically farmed and, you know, minimizing our chemical exposure. And of course, if we have food sensitivities then minimizing that stuff. And I think it's, it's a slippery slope for people though, because I think the perception with the, how polarizing our, our dietary industry is around all of these things is right. You can go online and you can make a case for literally, uh, avoiding everything. Literally every single food, yeah, probably, could. Even, probably even water and air, right? <laughs> you could say, well, it's bad for me. So I'm going to, uh, I'm going to avoid breathing today because <laughs> it's bad for me, you know? And so the point is, if we can acknowledge that, then we can take a step back and we can say, all right, listen, we understand that you want to move the needle here. And being a hard charging dude, like you or me, it's like, Hey, we want to move the needle in the, probably the fastest, most aggressive yet realistic way possible. And right. for many of us, then the perception be is, well, I'm willing to sacrifice things to be able to do this. I'm willing to be aggressive about this. Um, and, and I think it's, it's about identifying the balance between those things, because again, is, uh, you know, psychologically speaking, when we remove too many things, then we start to, to push back. Our body starts to push back, right? If I tell you, you can never have mod pizza again, you're going to be like, fuck that guy. Excuse my language. I'm going to eat, you know, I, I, that's all that I want now. And would it be necessary for me to say you can never have that again in the grand scheme of things? No, it doesn't. It's, 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 it's totally impractical and unreasonable to feel like you need to avoid literally anything. You, so the point is that we can structure things in a way so that you can have whatever you want. It's just about how do we make it as realistic as possible for you to be successful. And that's where the nuances of like, okay, just a pre-existing knowledge, right? Like I said, you you come into this, you came into intermittent fasting with a pre-existing baseline knowledge that's far surpass than than most guys right but your readiness for change your commitment level um you know you it, all of those types of things factor in your stress levels your responsibility levels like what you can reasonably and realistically commit to on a daily basis to the degree that if we can start there and say all right well what are you currently doing now let's just start to identify the low hanging fruit to move the needle and and in many capacities it's like hey like drink less eat more protein eat more veggies walk more you know um perhaps reduce your processed carb intake or stop drinking so much soda you know like there's just so many ways that we can approach it and and that's why i think and I, and i might be diverting from the original question larry but but that's where i think you have to acknowledge where you're willing to start and what level of flexibility and freedom you're willing to, you want to have and what sacrifices you're willing to make, right? Because it's always a trade-off. There's always a tipping point. And so you need to understand, okay, here's where I'm willing to go. Here's hard I'm, how hard I'm willing to work. And I know it's going to be challenging either way, but it's going to take those challenges to move the needle. That makes total sense. What what have you found has been, I would say the gateway, like the, like the gateway thing that most men, let's just say between 
mid thirties and, or I would say early thirties with kids, you know, they're busy. They've got a lot going on. They're working, they're married, you know, all the way up until like their late forties, maybe even fifties of what have you found have been maybe the easiest gateways to say, Hey, you know, what do you, what are you willing to change? Yeah. What, are they, what are we willing to change? The gateway is creating awareness. Okay. Like I said, autonomy, man, we have to take responsibility for our choices, just like we would any other area of our life. And we want someone to be able to, you know, we want someone initially, we want someone to tell us what to do. Just give me the meal plan, just set up the meals. Just, you know, it's easy for me if I just fast between these hours and I can eat whatever I want. And I'm not saying that's the end all be all, but point is how do I help you establish more awareness, Larry? And so how do we do that around our nutrition? We can track our calories. We can write our food down. We can take pictures of our food. But ultimately, we, like, we need to acknowledge that what we're putting in our mouth is part of why we're not where we want to go. Therefore, by adjusting the things that we're consuming, we're likely going to be able to actually start to move the needle. And so for most guys, in my experience, just like we would budget for our business, just like we budget for our finances at home, just like we take ownership and responsibility over what we spend as a family, as, as, as an individual, you do the exact same thing with your nutrition. Because the more awareness that you have around that process, the more logical your decisions are going to be to the point where you don't need me telling you that your four beers a night is holding you back. You can be like, oh, well, look at the app. It's 600, 700, 800 calories worth of non-nutritive beverages, in which case, logically, if I simply cut that in half, I probably could make a difference. Right. If I simply, right? Like, I mean, this is not rocket science, but it's, it is revolutionary for people. So it's really equipping people with the awareness and the education to make their own decisions, not necessarily forming like a relationship with a coach. It's like, I can't make a decision without this person. Right. The best thing that we can do for people is give them the ability to make the best decisions possible for them. And the only way we can make great decisions is by being informed, by yeah. being educated, by having the skills and the knowledge and the tools to be able to consistently make better decisions to the degree that, listen, I'm traveling for work. I'm at the airport. You don't need to text me and say, what should I choose? You already know, okay, I'm going to grab the beef jerky sticks. I'm going to grab some string cheese. I'm going to grab a hard boiled egg. I'll grab a protein shake. I'll grab the little container of veggies instead of going over to Chick-fil-A and getting X, Y, and Z that I used to get because I was just kind of like, screw it. I don't know what to do. This tastes good. But the more of those decisions that you can systematically and structurally put in place over time the better your results are going to be, the more you're going to change, right? The more your physique is going to change, the more you're going to change as an individual. Um, and all of these things snowball. I think that, I think that's one of the biggest missing ingredients out there is that being able to learn this stuff. Like, so for instance, I think a lot of people, they hire coaches because they need somebody to hold them accountable right? Which I think is, I think that's really important to do. But I also think it's really important for a coach to be able to teach skills that, that help helps one build a toolkit, 
not someone have to go to Home Depot and be like, hey, I need a hammer again. I need totally. a hammer again, right? Or I need a screwdriver again. I need a screwdriver. And it's like, hey, you have your own toolkit. You know how to make these decisions, you know, go forth and keep, you know, d- do the things that are serving you and, you know, stop doing the things that don't. Yeah. I, I look at what you do and what we do and it's very similar. Very much. You know, we, we teach men like these communication skills with their, with their family, with their kids, with, with their clients, even in, in, as you know, an accelerator. And it's meant to give someone a toolkit of this is how you can go and operate in a better way now. Right. And we're always here too to, to bounce things off of, or when roadblocks happen and that kind of thing. But, um, what have you found has been the easiest thing to teach beyond awareness but where someone really gets the, their wheels underneath of them, like where they're like, okay, like I'm, I'm in the mode now I'm in the groove. I think I understand this now. I know how my body works, but what are some things that, that happen after a person has become aware? I think some of the foundational skills, um, are paramount around a couple different things is like, listen, it just, fundamentally like getting enough protein with each of their meals right it's like and what does that look like for them so how do i how do i um, make sure that i'm consuming enough protein what are the sources of protein that i actually enjoy how do i cook it and prepare it if i'm eating out where do i get it from how much do i order just giving people the, the the principles around what that actually looks like i think giving individuals uh, particularly men, particularly executive type guys or guys that entertain a lot, sort of the freedom around how to navigate alcohol and permission to know and and the experience to acknowledge that them drinking alcohol isn't going to close the deal for them, right? It's not going to make them better at what they do. In fact, if anything, it might actually um, deter the progress that they're trying to make and and give them permission to stop telling them the story in their mind that they need to be consuming certain things um, in order to get the deal or entertain the people or whatever that is. And then when they experience the freedom of not drinking under certain circumstances or situations, it's liberating and empowering for them to come to that realization. It's like, I didn't need alcohol in the first place. I thought someone was going to negative ju- negatively judge me when in reality, he was relieved that he didn't have to drink too. In all of these circumstances that we put ourselves in, um, giving men permission to stop surrounding themselves with individuals that are holding them back, that are enabling them. And same type of stories. Of saying, well, I always go to the bar on Sunday and watch football and eat wings and drink beer. Well, why? Like, you know, if you didn't, if you went to bar and you didn't drink, would these guys still support you? Would they still hang around with you? Would you? Would they go somewhere else and and watch the game? Would they come to your house and not drink? You know, all of these these situations. And so, I think that throughout through this process, through the accountability that comes from this process, just like your group, um, through the accountability of showing up, of having these hard conversations, of of acknowledging the things that went well in the past, um, the things that you're challenged with, uh, by, by, by showing up and taking ownership over these, you can't help but redefine what you want 
the future to look like, the situations that you put yourselves into, the, 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 the people that you surround yourselves with, and therefore how to consistently make the decisions that you need to make around your food, your exercise. Those are the things that make change. You, you bring up a really interesting point. Again, I'll say this. Uh, I, I said it about 10 minutes ago, which is I wanted to start here and then I never got there. <laughs> But, uh, but I want to get here now because I think it's probably one of the most important things that we'll talk about today. And that is, I mean, right now I'm working with a coach myself for 90 days and yeah. we are at this place and, and this man, this guy has like opened me up, you know, peeled me open and, you know, and, and now I'm really understanding some of the things that I do and why, which before, like you mentioned the guy who goes, why do I do this every Sunday? And you're like, well, why? Yeah. Right. You know, we're going through this process right now, which is your your beliefs will dictate your behaviors. Yeah. And it's really, it's shined a light on a lot of things that I, the stories I was telling myself and the, and the reasons I was doing things. And this is the way I do this. And this is the way I do that. And it's the way I've always done it. Like, or, or just things like that. And it's been really fascinating for me to step back and be like, well, why am I doing these things? Mm -hmm. And I'll give I'll give you an example. Let me let me ask this question. And then while you gel on it, I'll share just a quick story. Okay. Um, the question is this. I'll start with a statement. How about that? Because I, I think it's it's better. I think it's safe to say that most men, husbands, and fathers have a really hard time giving themselves permission to take better care of themselves. And it could be for, and going back to stories and beliefs, create behaviors, right? The story and the belief could be something like, well, it's more important for my wife and kids to be taken care of, which you know what? I think that's a great belief. I really, really do. I really do. And I buy into it to some degree. I think it's very noble. I think it's very selfless. I also, th I also think it's very dangerous because if a man doesn't take, and let's just, let's just call it 15 minutes, right? If a guy just doesn't take just 15 minutes, preferably 45 minutes in some way, shape, or form, right? But to to do something to fill their cup, to take care of themselves, that they're going to be, you know, better, have have a better, ha, have more emotional resilience, right? For a situation because they're taking better care of themselves. Therefore, they're going to show up better for their wife, for their kids, for their business, for their careers or whatever, guys have a very hard time with that one because we think that that's, well, that's selfish. That's wrong of me to do that. And that's the belief. And that's the story. Another story could be this one. And this one, like, here's, here's an interesting thing. My, I went over to my, my mother-in-law's house uh, yesterday and, um, I was sitting there and I was, I'm not drinking these days and I eat really, really healthy. And, she walks next to me and she's like, she's like, we need to fatten you up. And I'm like, what? She's like, you're just so, so lean. You're just so lean. We need to fatten you up. And she's like, and my birthday's coming up in July. And she's like, she's kind of like, I've known her for 26 years. She's like, your birthday's coming up in July. I was like, yeah. She goes, how old are you going to be? She's like, 40, 44 or like literally just, I was like, Sue, I'm going to be 48 years old. She's like, oh my God, you're almost 50. And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, oh my God, you do not look anywhere close to 50. Like, 
And I was like, well, I appreciate that. I was like, I feel better now than I did even in my thirties. I can do things now that I wasn't doing in my thirties, like performance wise and, and every, and I don't, I don't do HRT. I don't do any of that stuff. I just eat right, right and work out. Yeah. But I've given myself permission to do that. And because of that, I honestly think that I'm better for my life, not, not from a physical aspect, but from a mental and emotional aspect. Like I, I'm like, man, my cup is full so I can, I can pour, I'm pouring things into her from the excess, not just what's in the cup. Same thing with my kids. But I had to give myself in my thirties, I didn't take good care of myself. I'm a new father. I don't have time for that anymore. And I got overweight, unhealthy. I was drinking too much alcohol. I was doing a lot of things I shouldn't have done. So I share that with you of like, the stories and the beliefs, I would really love to just lovingly punch a guy in the face and say, I love you, man, but please stop telling yourself this. Give yourself permission to do this for yourself because it's actually you're actually going to see the ROI in the places that you truly want to see the ROI. But what is your, what's your, how do you do that? Like, how do you give these guys permission to do that? It's a good question and it's a great you know, it's a great story and statement. And I believe it is my belief that it is perhaps one of the most irresponsible things that we can do as an aging man, husband, father is not prioritize ourselves, especially if we, if, if, if we are telling ourselves or telling other people that our family is the most important thing, that our marriage is the most important thing in our lives, yet we're not prioritizing ourselves, um, then we're doing ourselves and our family a disservice. Like That's my belief, foundationally and fundamentally, because what happens when you mentioned you know, the state of society, of processed food, of kind of how it's impacting uh, we can't deny the fact that we are fatter and sicker and unhealthier than we have ever been in human existence, right? And so it begs the question of like, well, what are people actually doing about it? Or are we all just relegated to being perfectly comfortable being uncomfortable, right? Perfectly comfortable just being status quo, being quote unquote normal Homer Simpson with Dis, you know, blood dis, uh, lipid dysregulation and type two diabetes and uh, all of the things that we're succumbing to: uh, decreased quality of life, less muscle mass. Um, right? Like, is that what you want your family to have to deal with when you get into your seventies and eighties? You want them having to deal with your Alzheimer's and dementia and the fact that your lifestyle decisions have contributed to the fact that you can no longer be cognitively, mentally, or physically present for them, because I know that's not what you want for yourself. Right. And so it begs the question of what is stopping you from taking concerted action towards the life that you say that you want to live and listen, man. I've been doing this my whole life. I, I'm, I'm an outlier. I will say that. It doesn't mean I haven't had periods where I've been a little more overweight. I've been a little more sedentary. I've certainly been had my my issues with with food and alcohol. Okay, that's fair. But I've never been, and I can't speak to someone who's 
who's lived a sedentary lifestyle, who is obese or morbidly obese. So I, this is my frame, right? However, the tools are out there. They're at your disposal. And it's not supposed to be easy. It's not going to be easy. And I think it's challenging, Larry, for for anyone nowadays because of all of the things that we talked about in this call. It's like, we have best intentions in mind. We yeah. want to make change. We just don't know how to do it. And I try things. I went and I did intermittent fasting and it quote unquote didn't work for me, right? Or I went and did Weight Watchers or I did HCG or I'm doing testosterone therapy or I'm working with a trainer and it's again, quote unquote, not working. Well, you are the owner. What's not working? Why isn't it working? How honest are you being with yourself? How hard are you trying? How long have you tried? Right? How much effort are you actually putting in? And at what point? And how are you like, how are you leveraging the data to make informed decisions? It's 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 just like developing skills in anything else, learning to play an instrument, getting good at business, learning how to how to run a podcast, how many hundreds of episodes are you in? How many episodes did it take to actually get proficient? It's going to take a lot of time, man. Are you acknowledging that? Or do you think this is going to be a three-month quick fix? The fact that you're 50 pounds overweight, you know? Um, and so that's just, man, that's just one log rant to say that I think generally men are far too comfortable living in the discomfort that they call normalcy, right? And that we need to acknowledge, it's like, all right, like I, I need to find the things that are going to help me effectively move the needle and, and, and be okay with literally not having my cake and eating it too, because we're told from everywhere. Oh, you can you can lose weight and still drink beer. You can lose weight and still eat your chicken wings and that might be true to some small degree, but man, you're going to have to make sacrifices. So what are you willing to sacrifice for the things that you say that are important? Your family, your future, your health, your relationships. What are you willing to sacrifice at the end of the day? Well, don't you think that I mean, I love where you're going with this and I'm going to I'm going to get pretty in your face as well with this one, because I'm really passionate about it. And maybe I'm passionate about it because I used to be this guy, man. Like I was an overweight kid growing up. I didn't lose weight, you know, and get start, even start getting fit until I was 17. I had every excuse for you in the book of why my marriage wasn't working. And I had every excuse for you in the book, why I couldn't communicate with my wife and why I couldn't be patient with my kids. And I don't need help. Right. And that was my story. And what I'll tell you is I, I go back to three words, three words. When I saw it on social media and I'll, I'll, you know, I don't know whoever came up with it, but it was Bedros Koulian, who was a previous guest posted it on his, on his Instagram. And that is what like did it for me. And I think it was probably about a year, year and a half ago, maybe two years ago. It's choose your heart. Totally. <laughs> choose your heart. You know, Eating healthy is hard. Well, you know what? Being unhealthy is hard. Choose which one you want to be. Well, creating a happy marriage is hard. Totally. But you know what? Divorce is freaking devastating, man. Or like living as roommates with your wife. That is hard. Like, yeah, choose which one. I just had this conversation with one of my kids about, um, one of my high school guys about it. 
uh, he, he's having a hard time right now with one of his classes and he's just like, I just don't want to do it. And I'm like, yeah, you know, buckling down and, and, and making the grade, you know, so you don't get an F in this class is hard, but you know what else is hard? Summer school. Which one do you want? Cause they're both going to suck. It just depends on which one you're willing, what price are you willing to pay? Right. And this is the other thing too. Like I, I fully buy into, and I didn't man, 2015, I'll never forget very first mastermind Ben I ever joined was Aaron Walker's Aaron iron sharpens iron. Hmm. And I'll never forget this man. He, and he like held a mirror so hardcore up to my face and it was $500, you know, to join his mastermind per month. You know, the Alliance is $500 for your first three months, you know, in the Alliance. So it's, it's the, the cost of it is not nearly what even I was paying. I didn't have $500 back then. I had no revenue in that edge at that point in time. So it was a massive stretch for me. And I did not buy into coaching. In fact, I thought it was like weak. Like if I have to get a coach, like how weak am I? And then I, I was like, you know what? Cause he told me he's like, he's, and I, I tried to even talk him down on the price. He's like, Larry, I ain't talking my price down. He's like, listen, you come and do life with me. It's going to be $500 a month. And it's going to cost you an hour of your time a week minimum. He's like, there's a price to pay to shorten your learning curve and to get where you want to go. Or you can pay the other price. And that's this, which is go figure it out on your own. Go, mm -hmm. go see how frustrating that is. Or we can speed the process way up and probably elevate every other area in your life. And I was like, and he's like, he goes, here's what I want you to do, ma'am. He's like, I'm going to let you, we were talking on the phone. He goes, I'm going to let you go here. Cause he didn't need my money. I mean, Aaron Walker is like insanely wealthy. And he's like, here's what I want you to do. I'm going to hang this phone up here in a minute, but I'm going to say this one thing. I want you to fast forward your life one year from today. I think it was like in April I joined. He's like, I want you to think about your marriage, your business, your health, relationship with your kids. And if you do nothing, nothing different, nothing whatsoever different, what is that going to cost you? And is that worth, you know, six grand to you? <laughs> I was like, it was almost like the, 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 it's like every sound in the room, like just went quiet. Like, you know, it was like crickets. And I was like, wow, I hung up. He's like, call me in 24 hours with your decision. I called him in 11 minutes and I said, I'm in. I don't know what it was about forecasting and not that my life was terrible, but it certainly wasn't where I wanted to be, but it was forecasting. This is one whole year of my life and I know how I'm living it right now. And it ain't the greatest. And is it worth me rolling the dice and taking a shot on learning a few extra things? Is that worth it? And the answer that came back in, a, in full force was, yeah, it's well worth it. And man, I have spent countless resources on coaching and it is, but every single time I do it, I'm never sorry ever. Like even the coach I'm working with now, like this guy is like lovingly and very respectfully ripping me apart in a good way, but he's forcing me to grow. And there's a part of me. It's like, he even told me in our first session, he's like, um, my role here is to be friendly, but I ain't your friend. Let's get that straight. I'm like, okay. And it has been one of the greatest experiences ever, but like, I'll tell you, like people are already paying a price. You got it.
they just don't realize they don't realize it and sometimes i don't know like i no man you're we're already paying like see you everyone's got a cell phone they've got a thousand dollar iphone in their hand they're paying over a five hundred dollar car payment the average person spending just under a hundred bucks a month at starbucks they're paying you know a couple hundred bucks a month in cable bills um you know on and on and on right so and not only are you paying with your money you're paying with your time your energy um your your shame your guilt your frustration your relationships the way that you're showing up the pain that you know when you look in the mirror and so what i'm hearing from you is is 100% around this is not about the change that you're looking to make it's not about the x's and o's i don't care what you do around keto or intermittent fasting or vegan or like it doesn't matter man all of these things do help you manage your calories but you need to do something and perhaps the most important thing that you can do to help you make the change that you say that you want is to have some accountability to actually put your money where your mouth is invest into the process invest in yourself right to actually hold yourself accountable so that you can have a coach who is going to help walk you down the road to success because they've been there before and they've done it with other people just like you, just like you're doing, just like I'm doing. Listen, man, I have I have someone who writes my nutrition plan, my training programs. I have a business coach. I have our men's group. We have a almost like a second business coach. It, these we don't need these things, but by virtue of investing, we can expedite the process, Larry. And just like you, like these, for the type of clients that come into our, our realm, we call our clients invested improvers because mm. they are the type of client who clearly is ready, willing, and able to invest in their success. And they understand that by investing in themselves, by hiring an expert coach that has the knowledge and the resources and the experience to get them from point A to point B to point Z, that they're going to get there in the most efficient, effective, and expedited way possible because they value their time and energy and money and resources, right? And that's what we're doing here. And perhaps for everyone listening, like you might want to consider reallocating your expenses or your investments, because if these things are important to you, then there's no reason why you shouldn't be investing in yourself and your long-term health and growth and future and family and all of the things that come from you actually showing up in a bigger and better way. Because I can tell you unequivocally, by taking just a little bit of time to improve your health and your being and your cognitive function, and maybe losing a little bit of body fat or just feeling better, like you're going to show up better in every other way. And it's going to permeate over into your family life. You're going to set a better example for your kids, right? You're going to create a healthier marriage. You're going to, your business is going to improve. You're going to attract the right people. You can't not. It raises, right? A rising tide lifts all ships. It, it, it just raises the, the, the vibration of everything around you. Yeah. And that's what we're trying to create together. I think that's so important. Um, you mentioned 
as you went off those numbers, I was kind of like laughing. I was like a hundred bucks in Starbucks, but dude, it's like $92 a month. I mean, I'm not surprised. I mean, like a freaking cop, like, dude, I, I barely go to Starbucks. Um, but when I do like I'm black coffee, that's yeah, my me job. too. Like, I, right. Um, but I went and got a almond milk latte and a black coffee and it was $9 and some change. And I'm like, holy crap is that what people are paying for starbucks these days but anyway i, I i'll share this because I, I i don't think most people know this so when i started the dad edge and when i actually did the way i was able to pay for that ma first mastermind was i took an eighteen thousand dollar loan against my 401k like i was just like you know i don't want to dip into I don't want to have a monthly payment that my wife is going to be like hey what's this what are we doing here like what's this all about and having to explain that and I knew that I was serious enough. And, and when I asked her, I'm like, Hey, this is what I want to do. She's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Take a shot on yourself. Do it. You know, she, and I think it made her feel more comfortable. I wasn't taking away our monthly income from that. And I will never forget, man, calling my financial advisor. And I'm like, Hey, this is what I want to do. And he was like, Ooh, <laughs> you know, he didn't like hearing that. And I was like, well, I'm doing this anyway. Like I've got to, I've, I have to do this. I'm like, there's just no negotiation and I have to, I have to do this I'm, and I want to try it. I, let, let's just say worst case scenario, it doesn't, doesn't work or it doesn't give me, you know, the benefits that I'm truly looking for, like, you know, more direction, more confidence, better relationship with my wife and kids, better direction on what I'm going to be doing with that edge, whatever. Like I guarantee I'll learn a thing or two that will make it worth it. But at the end of the day, it's, I'll look at it as like I invested into a few college classes and I did it. And I'm sitting here telling you today, even after hearing about all those bills, like the cable and the restaurants, and that's all true. Like I'm sitting here thinking like, God bless. Yeah. People are spending that. And the thing that I want, and the thing that I know a lot of guys who come and do life with us, guys who, come, you know, I love the improve, you said investment, invested improver, invested yeah. improvers, is that there's a certain mentality that goes with that which I think is very powerful for the individual who's doing it. And what I mean by that is like the way that I think about this and the way that I want other people to consider thinking about this is you have one life to live. Like for me, man, and I know you're the same way. I don't want anything left on the table. Nothing. No, I do not want to say coulda, woulda, shoulda. Even if my kids are like moving out and going to college, like I think about that now. My oldest is 17. I think about hugging him, getting in my car and leaving that college campus. And even that thought alone, like chokes me up. But I want to be like, did I leave anything on the table? Did I leave one memory, one opportunity to connect with that kid in the best way possible? Did I leave anything on the table or did I live all out? Did I give it everything that I had? And that alone, that motivation, that drive to live that way has served in such a good way. And that's one thing that I, I want to share with, with people who are going to come and work with you, right? It's like, man, if I can learn some tools on how to optimize my health, that's not just going to help me for three months mm. from now. That's going to help me five years, 10 years from now, right? And I think that's what people really need to remember. Yeah, dude, I, I'm not going to pretend like, you know, that 
changing your nutrition, that learning how to exercise effectively is is the end all be all, but it absolutely is the bridge. Yeah. You know, it's absolutely the bridge to help people start to show up for themselves to to develop the confidence that they know that they need so that they can just start showing up in other areas of their life and knowing what we know when people have these opportunities when they can start to look in the mirror and feel proud of what they see i just believe that we all deserve to have that you know it's hard enough as it is right now it's hard enough for kids so as a man as a father like if you're not showing up and setting the example for the life that you want your kids to live if nothing else you need to do it for them because man you have to be so proactive now around what you want your life to look like and it's almost like you're dodging bullets left and right with the food the calories the quality of food the diets the exercise programs like everything is pitted against us to basically just keep us sedentary and fat it just is it just is and so you have to go learn to go against the grain and that you know it's like that i have a special skill set that skill set is what is going to differentiate you and by the way larry like listen it's not hard to to step outside of the norm, to differentiate yourself from the vast majority of the population. I like it just now. right. A little yeah. bit more exercise, a little bit more concerted eating. And I think that the type of guy that wants to be in the top percent, again, while it's not challenging to do, um, it's, it's absolutely something to strive for because those are leaders. Those are leaders of men. Um, in this day and age. And and if we can help them do that, then that's, you know, that's what I'm here for. I think it's really important because the other thing too, as we, as we head out of here, I, I want to leave one more nugget and I, I'd like to get your reflection on it. I know I'm probably keeping you longer and you want it to no, be you're good. Um, I think there's something that men need to really keep in mind. And it's something that I have now seen the payoff of and I didn't at first because my, my kids, you know, once upon a time ago, well, at least my two older ones, I still have seven and nine, but you know, 15 and 17, you know, they weren't really getting it. I don't think, I, I think they, they were absorbing it. They were observing it and taking it in, but I don't, it's, it hasn't shown up nearly as powerful as I have, as it has now. What, what we always say in, in dad edge and I, and I'm sure it's with your, with, with your, um, mission and movement, what you're doing in the fitness industry is that what the decisions that you make as a man, as a husband, and as a father, it goes way beyond you. Like these are legacy things that you're doing, right? Legacy things like you're setting the bar, you know, in such a profound way and you could be setting it for the good or the not so good. And here's what I'll tell you. My two older boys, I just had this happen. You'll have this happen but my 15 year old surpassed me in body weight. And now he's surpassing me in the gym as far as how much weight he can push. 
he just squatted 315. I can't squat 315. He just bench pressed 225. I just bench pressed 215. And I'm like, holy crap. Like, and, but both my two older boys and my two younger ones too, like have such a love for health, nutrition, and fitness. And it's been, you know, and I, I even ask them, I'm like, why do you like this so much? They're like, I, you know, I really don't know. Like, it's just always kind of been a part of our family. Like we've always watched you and mom do it. Like, it's just like the, what they're telling me, it's like, it's kind of like just how we operate. Right. I mean, like, do we, we don't do anything different. And the cool thing about that is that I've seen this healthy lifestyle example really perpetuate in other areas. I wasn't, I wasn't really uh, expecting. So like, for instance, vaping and alcohol, like my kids, my two older ones, like they've got friends who are doing that crap now. Right. Right. And they have zero interest in it. And I even ask them, I get very curious. I'm like, you, your friends are doing this. Why aren't you? They're like, they'll tell me, they're like, dude, I got track. I got wrestling. Mm. Like I have football. Like I ain't doing that crap. Like I'll run slower. Like I won't be strong. Like I, right. like and for them, it's like, I won't be operating. I'm going to be operating like this knucklehead, not the way I am now. And I sit there and I'm like, holy crap. Like I really, I didn't expect that. And, but it's so fulfilling. It's so freaking fulfilling, man, to see these kids like that their bar is that high. And I think a lot of it has to do with this is us as a family unit. That is the way that we've chosen to operate. Right. But, and we do it in a fun way. We don't do it in like, you better get your work. Out. Right. We were like, like this past weekend and then I'll shut up and I want to get your reflection on this. Um, we pulled out and this wasn't even my idea. This is my kid's idea. They're like, dad, can we pull out the bench and the the barbells and the dumbbells and we want to get the ice bath going? We have we bought this little circular thing. Like it's a, it was a hundred bucks, but it's like a quote unquote ice whatever. And they're like, can we do an outdoor workout and like do an ice bath? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like sitting there thinking, like, oh my God, all these kids' friends are probably playing video games and like whatever, right? Right. And I'm like, uh yeah, yeah, let's do it. My kids had their friends over. We li- I took photos. And like, literally like our Sunday, we had all this stuff out. We were doing a workout and we had kids back here. And even my nine and seven-year-old, they got involved. They're doing like the little push-ups, right? And then they got like these little two and a half pound dumbbells and they're doing curls. And we were just having, we were blaring the music, having a blast. But I think having it be a part of just how you operate is a beautiful example. But I want to get your take. Yeah, dude. It's... um. You know, one of the things I always think about is is just, we don't realize it, but someone's always watching, right? People are always watching you and it can be uh, to their benefit or otherwise uh, is there's always someone looking up to you. And one of the things I, I experienced recently uh, was just along that same vein. So I've got a, a gym and I built out in my garage before COVID, fortunately, I've got a pretty, pretty great setup, but the kids will have, we've got about 30 kids in our neighborhood. We just have this amazing, like it used to, it just like, it used to, you know, we grew up at the same time. So it's kind of like the early eighties kids were always out playing and, and what have you, but, and, and that's what our neighborhood is like. And, and so the kids, so I have two girls, they're 13 and 11 and a seven-year-old boy. And um, they're always doing like neighborhood workouts. So we've got a big whiteboard in there and on Friday nights, um, they'll, someone will be in charge of like writing the workout. And then, you know, there's a kid on the rowing machine and a kid, you know, pressing the dumbbells and someone on the, 
the functional trainer and someone trying to do pull-ups with the band and and what have you. And um, a couple of weeks ago, it was probably a couple of months ago, I was I was in the gym by myself doing a workout, and I had the the gym cracked, uh, the garage door cracked, you know, maybe halfway, and I was riding I was riding the the assault bike, and one of the neighborhood kids um, came down. And they always would like come down and just like watch and, and talk and stuff while I'm working out. And, um, and he had a, uh, you know, like a sucker. It was like nine in the morning. He had this, uh, like, um, what do you call those super lollipop things with the gum inside? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The I don't know, pops, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one of those lollipops. And I'm like, dude, it's it's like nine a.m. Like, why are you eating that? He's like, I don't know. I'm like, do you know sugar makes you weak? Like sugar's not good for us because of X, Y, Z and not in a you know, mean way, but I'm just, you know, I'll tell them this stuff overtly. And he's kind of saw it process a little bit and he kind of, you know, walked off. And then over the past couple months, every time he's around, well, one, he'll come in in the gym and try and work out with me, um, which is annoying, but super cute. But, but second is He's like, hey, Mr. Ben, I haven't had any sugar today. Or, um, yeah, Mr. Ben, um, I've been eating more protein. Like my dad and I, we made protein shakes for dinner. Or Mr. Ben, like, uh, because we he he plays rugby with my son too. They they play rugby, so we'll be driving down to rugby practice. He's like, hey, Mr. Ben, look at the protein snacks that I brought. And it's like a bag of goldfish or something. I'm like, dude, there's no protein in there. But let's talk through this. What could we add for protein? And so. My point in all of this is like, listen, just like you said, Larry, it's like our actions speak volumes. And if we expect something from someone else, we better be upholding those actions for ourselves. And that's part of like my story. What I was so embarrassed about early on in my career is I just wasn't living into the type of coach and person and man that and husband and father that I knew I could be, that I should be, that I wanted to be. And so it's about why I continue to invest in my health, to get uncomfortable every single day. Like, I don't want to go do leg, lower body training sessions. Like, right? If there's not a level of, of, of fear and, and, and nausea induced in every single leg training session, then you're doing something wrong. But it's, it's, it's why I continue to spend you know, time, money, energy, resources on being challenged and challenging myself so that I can show up in a bigger and better way for my family, for my daughter when, you know, she gets home from school and she's going to come into my office and she say, dad, come watch me do pull-ups, right? My, my 11-year-old daughter, she's ripping out pull-ups and, um, and, and why the neighborhood kids are going to remember Mr. Ben from down the street who taught him how to strength train. And how they took those principles of strength training and carried them over into other areas of their life, right? And their relationships and hopefully their overall health. And you just never know, man. And so I think that it is our duty to to uphold those principles and values and just ultimately show up as our best self in any which way we can. And knowing and acknowledging that it's going to feel hard. It's going to be hard, but like you said, you got to choose your heart. Amen to that. I think we might name this, this podcast, choose your heart, right? Cause that's like it, really what it boils down to. So I want to make sure that the guys can find you if they would like to connect with you further. Uh, what is the best place for them to do that? Yeah. Um, we're on social media at BSL nutrition. 
BSL stands for Body Systems Labs. Uh, you can email me, ben at bslnutrition.com. Our website is bslnutrition.com. And if you want to have a conversation, just hit me up on social media, or there's a certainly a contact form on our website. I'd love to chat and find out more about you and if and how we can help. Yeah. What I can tell you guys is Ben really knows what he's doing. He's, he's gotten to know him very, very well. Uh, he's a part of our data edge accelerator program, which is our data edge business owner mastermind. And, uh, th this man, he, uh, as you probably have heard in his voice, he, he coaches from the heart. Uh, he is not, he is not your typical run of the mill, uh, fitness transactional coach. He coaches you from the heart. It gives you obviously what you heard today, gives you tools that you can actually use, right? So you can actually build your own arsenal of tools as it relates to nutrition and fitness, taking better care of yourself physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Um, he is the man. We'll have all the links in the show notes for you guys. If you just head on over to thedadedge.com forward slash Friday 107, just to make it easier for you. Again, thedadedge.com forward slash Friday 107. Ben, thanks so much for coming on, man. This was super cool. It was, it was fun to jam with you, man. We almost... We almost went an hour and a half, but uh, yes. time flew. It was good, man. Larry, thank you so much. I appreciate you having me and letting me share my message. Oh, you bet, man. It was, it was super fun. All right, gentlemen, it's all we got time for today. Remember, thedadedge.com forward slash Friday 107 to contact Ben. Go out and live legendary. Take care. Thank you so much for listening. And if you found this content valuable, here are four ways I can help you in your nutrition journey for free. One, grab a free copy of my Fat Loss Fix Guide at fatlossfixguide.com. Two, join my free group at smartnutritionmadesimple.com. Three, subscribe to my YouTube channel at smartnutritionmadesimpletv.com. Four, leave a five-star rating and positive review so that we can gain access to more nutrition experts ready to share their knowledge with you and ultimately help more people make smart nutrition simple. 